This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And today we're talking about the fair. That's right. We are talking about the Dutchess County Fair coming very soon to the Dutchess County Fairgrounds in Rhinebeck, New York. And to, so to help me talk about this uh, really exceptional family and community um, and, and just even beyond that uh, event are three really key players who put this all together. So we've got Andy Imperati, who is the CEO and fair manager. Uh, we've got Dana Hopkins, who is the Dutchess County All Abilities Program Director. And we've got Jane Rod, who is the 4-H Program Director from Cornell Cooperative Extension, Dutchess County. Did I get all that right? Yeah, it's always a guess. Um, all right. Well, welcome all of you uh, to the show. I think we should spend all of our time just hearing from you all about, you know, the fair itself, some of the history, why it's so exceptional, why everybody needs to come, why you think you attract such a wide audience um, of fair goers, uh, all ages, but certainly people travel pretty far uh, to come to this fair. And um, and then we can kind of get into the specifics of Think Differently and accessibility and 4-H and give people a sense of what to expect this year. So, Andy, I'm going to throw it to you as the CEO and fair manager. Can you give us some history on the on the, on the Dutchess County Fair, how long it's been going on and why, um, at least from your perspective, uh, which is a good perspective, why does it stand out? Why is it special? So this year will be our 177th edition of the Dutchess County Fair. Uh, it started back in the 1800s, and the first fair was held in Washington Hollow, where Troop K uh, Barracks currently sits. <laughs> and it bounced around between there and Poughkeepsie for a few years. And then finally in 1919, um, a group of businessmen in Rhinebeck who wanted to bring more uh, tourism and, and such and business to northern Dutchess County helped move the fair here. Uh, they already had the racetrack for the driving park and the fair became part of that. Um, and it's been here ever since. Um, and it has grown substantially in that time. Um, I can't tell you why we are who we are other than the people that came before me had a vision. Uh, and we work at that vision tirelessly to make it what it is. Um, and county fairs across the country, I think, are built on tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, tradition of, you know, the family gets together and it, grandma and grandpa are probably included. And you go to the fair and you plan out your day before you even get there. What are we going to do? What are we going to see? Some of that is is tradition. We always do that. So that's what we're going to do. And then it's up to us to bring new things to the fair for people to enjoy, to make maybe a new tradition. So um, it, it's ever evolving, it's ever changing. Um, you know, I think when they started here, it was on 25 acres and today we are 147 acres and 44 structures on site. There's something for everyone. There's history of our county here. There's um, food, there's, you can buy pretty much anything you've ever seen or heard of uh, yes. here for sale. Uh, there's obviously the rides. But the most important part in our mind and to our mission is the agricultural uh, part of what we do here. Mm -hmm. Anybody can go to a mall parking lot and ride a carnival ride, but you can't go anywhere else to see the agricultural component that we do here. 
that is unique to fairs across the country. Um, and it is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, it is our mission to promote that. And the last couple of years, I would have to say the biggest part of that mission is to educate people about where their food comes from. Yeah. Because I don't think they understand, you know, that it just doesn't show up on the supermarket shelf. Uh, you know, fairies didn't put it there. It, it got there because a farmer produced it. Um, it was trucked. It was moved. It was, you know, packaged. And then it shows up for us to consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that old, old story about chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I am still surprised to this day how many young people believe that. Um, <laughs> and it's a great uh, it's a great story, but it's not accurate. So uh, that's our job here. And uh, we take great pride in trying to, to do that. Well, thank you for uh, for that background and, and history. Congratulations on 100, 177 years. Um, amazing. And uh, and I think you're right. The county fair, I think the first time I ever heard about a, a county fair was probably in a book that I read maybe as a child, certainly before I lived in Dutchess County and, and, and knew about this one. But um, they are special. They just have that feeling um, that they're accessible, that they're going to be fun. Uh, I love what you said about tradition because, yes, most families or friend groups who are going to the fair have their absolute have to hit them and then um there's there's uh you do a great job i think of bringing new things in um and i've had the pleasure of raising two kids uh one of whom started really scared of the kitty rides um and is now you know sort of saying like i could pretty much ride anything and it's really fun just as a parent also to watch your child um use a county fair experience as a way to challenge themselves and kind of, and also learn about peer pressure and what does it mean if you don't want to ride something or don't want to try something. Um, but the agricultural piece too, really, um, you, you really nailed that. I think now more than ever, there's this sense that, you know, if there's a TikTok video about, about brown cows and that will be the forever, <laughs> that will be the forever, you know, accepted truth. So it is really important that you, you showcase that and highlight it. Um, Okay, so I'm going to move now to um, to Dana Hopkins, if you don't mind, Dana, just to talk a little bit about one of the, it's not so new anymore, but it was new at one point, which was the introduction of, uh, in Dutchess County, of Think Differently to the Dutchess County Fair. And I know um, that you can tell us what that is, what it means, uh, how it started, and how it's growing. Um, this is really important to, to pay attention to if you're uh, somebody who's um, who's coming to the fair, but maybe has some questions about whether what your experience is going to be like if you're neurodivergent or bringing somebody who's neurodivergent to the fair for that experience. So Dana, take it away. Sure. Thanks. So um, we're guesstimating it was around 2015 um, that Think Differently Thursday started at the fair, uh, choosing that because that's when the initiative started um, by former county exec Marcus Molinaro um, with Think Differently. And Andy, I might uh, revert to you for this, but it started out as just the day for a few, not even the day. It was the morning, a few hours um, where the noises were turned down. So a lot of the rides and games have external noises, music. uh, So they're lowered um, and flashing lights are lowered. There are a couple games we've learned over the years that the lights are needed for the game to operate. So, Mm -hmm. um, and the, and because it's during the day, it's, it's not as distracting. Um, but, st- you know, so we let those go. And it's a really, if you've been to the fair, 
outside of Think Differently Thursday, and then you come on Think Differently Thursday and you walk the fairway, it is a drastic difference in the external noises. Mm-hmm. Um, Dana, why is that important? I mean, I mean, I know because of where I work, but like, you know, if you're wondering, maybe a listener is wondering why that's why that's helpful. Um, it really does make an enormous difference for it could be the difference between somebody coming to the fair or not coming. It could certainly mm-hmm. make the difference between somebody staying at the fair with maybe the rest of their family who's having a good time and then that family having to leave because it's really overstimulating, right? Right. It's the overstimulation. It's so many different noises mm-hmm. and sounds coming in and just you know like just just frying every nerve ending mm-hmm. audio visual um that it, it's too much to take uh and by reducing the lights and reducing those external noises and the vendor does a great job of knowing what rides not to run because they are too loud generally Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some rides that will not be operated until after 12 because they are just too loud. That's amazing. Um, and yeah. what have you seen, whether it's you or, or Andy answering this in terms of the response to think differently Thursdays, which I think has now expanded right into, it kind of permeates the, the fair in certain mm-hmm. ways. What has been the general response from all of the, the people who come and bring their rides and work the rides and, and maybe work other, um, the, the food vendors and, and all of the people that put the fair together, has it been a welcome sort of, yes, we want to do this. We get this or has there been some some um uh pushback at all oh no the fair community has embraced it Um, and i know that we were the first fair in new york state to implement this program yeah um there are many other fairs in new york state that have now followed suit so and across the country fairs have followed suit uh and i think it's just uh, we've we're all acceptable acceptance of it. Uh, it is uh, not uncommon for this to happen anywhere anymore. Everybody knows the routine. Uh, they're more than happy to accommodate those folks that need that uh, kind of uh, walk through this um, without the extra stimulation. So it's been welcomed with open arms here and across the country at this point it's uh it's become yeah. a place one day of everybody's run that's fantastic i i because i know from the perspective of just working at anderson and knowing so many families who shared with me over the years just the feeling of isolation especially when you're raising children some of whom they spend their whole summer waiting for the fair <laughs> um and then maybe you have one or two children in the same family unit who can't handle it is sort of what do you do? And, and in either case, it adds to the stress level. It becomes a negative experience. It's, you know, either you're leaving early, disappointing one, one set of kids or you're, or you're pushing your child who's really getting more and more uncomfortable to do something that may end up, uh, you know, really just not working out for them. So I love hearing that you're doing this, Dana. I'm going to come back to you with some more questions mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Um, but Andy, thank you for answering that question. And, and just a shout out to everybody who who does embrace this because it honestly makes a huge difference for so many people. Um, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to highlight Jane and the 4-H program at Cornell Cooperative Extension Dutchess County because they want to hear about how that program feeds into all of this and um, and what to expect there. So this is 1 in 36, the weekly podcast 
uh, dedicated to topics on the autism spectrum. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski, and we'll be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, River. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm Eliza Bozenski from Anderson Center for Autism, and I'm talking with Andy Imperati and Dana Hopkins and Jane Rod, Jane Rod, apologies, Jane Rod, uh, about the upcoming Dutchess County Fair. Um, and we're going to start now the second half of the show with you, Jane, because I'd love for you to share with us about the 4-H program um, at Cornell Cooperative Extension and um, I know it's been a longstanding tradition, speaking of traditions, at the uh, the Dutchess County Fair, but also many fairs. Um, I know that you're well known for your shakes. I know everybody gets very excited about the 4-H shakes, but there's a lot more <laughs> to 4-H than the shakes. And uh, so if you would just tell us about um, tell us about the program and whether you're doing anything specifically this year to further um, embrace the neurodivergent community. Hello, so thanks for inviting me to speak. So yes, you're right about it being a long-standing tradition. 4-H has been around in Dutchess County since 1913. Wow. And yeah, it's a long while. And I like to think of the fair as the youth's capstone project. Mm -hmm. 4-H year starts in October. And the kids choose particular projects to do. And I would say probably 70 to 80% of those are pure out and out ag. So they're raising animals. They're interested in things like the farm to table um, spectrum, some science, some cooking, some nutrition, um, even things like knitting and weaving and felting using products from agricultural animals like sheep. Um, we do have some that are slightly not um, agricultural, such as our canine program. But even our shooting sports program ties into um, the food chain in a lot of ways in that we do, as well as the regular archery and pistol programs, we do have a hunting program now where the kids learn um, it's all about life skills, safety, et cetera, whatever we do. Mm-hmm. So the kids work all year on their particular chosen projects. And 
really for a lot of them, the reason they're putting in so much hard work and motivation is because their goal is to participate and exhibit in and do well at the fair. It really is the highlight of the year for many, many of them. So we're very excited. We're very grateful to the Ag Society for making it possible for H to do this because we certainly couldn't do it without their support. And I just have to correct one little misconception along the lines of chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> milkshakes are not actually 4-H milkshakes. They live on 4-H Hill, but they are made by the Dutchess County Dairy Committee. Oh. And the Dairy Committee support 4-H in so many ways, but they're not 4-H milkshakes. All right. Well, thank you for correcting that. That's, <laughs> hopefully everybody hears that because um, I just know that, that for as Andy said before, there's a lot of traditions and, and some people I know, the, the shakes are one of the traditions. You got to get one. And it doesn't um, matter who so, makes them. They're still <laughs> fabulous. They're made with local product yeah. and they taste great. Yes, a staple of fair tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane, thank you so much for giving us that background and the updates on the 4-H program. I have a question. 4-H, uh, obviously there's more to it than than raising animals and learning about animals. There's there's a broader perspective on it. But what advice might you have for somebody who uh, either is, is on the autism spectrum or, or a parent who is raising a child on the autism spectrum? If a child who is on the autism spectrum had an, a specific interest in an, a certain type of animal or maybe a certain type of program or even one of the, um, one of the, the shooting programs that you talked about, should that family reach out to 4-H and reach out to Cornell Cooperative to 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 see if there's a fit there? Um, is it is it what you would consider an accessible type of program for for children of all abilities? Absolutely. So, as with anything, some of it depends on degree of the need of accommodation that these mm-hmm. youth have. Youth who only need um, small accommodations to be able to participate have always been integrated in our program. We have incredible volunteers, and as our youth get older, they act as mentors. And I would say probably across our program, we have a 100 youth who have IEPs and are getting support in some way. Great. But what happened in 2018 is that, again, um, the previous county exec, Marcus Molinaro, reached out to us and he said, hey, we would love to see opportunities specifically to support youth who need more accommodations than, than the average club program can provide. So that was the beginning of our Flourishing Farmers program. Ooh. And Flourishing Farmers is just another 4-H club but it's structured so that we can give much smaller group or even individual support to youth who would love to work with agriculture but can't function in a large group or very busy situation. And it started before COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sharp learning curve. Um, we had um, funding for 12 youth, and we had 12 youth in the program for a short time before everything shut us down. Right. And then it took a while to pick back up after COVID. Um, and now this year, we have 20 active youth in the program. Wow, congratulations. That's of great. 17 are signed up to be at the fair. Oh, wonderful. So for anyone who can come to the fair 
Um, we have, Andy can tell you more about this. We have an ag forum on the Thursday morning from eight till nine o'clock discussing agriculture and how agriculture is faring in Dutchess County and answering some questions. And then once we've set up the ring after that, those youth who have, um, particular um, needs and get the support of the Flourishing Farmers Programme. They come into the ring with their mentors and their animals and they have their own time in the main livestock pavilion to demonstrate what they can do and to receive awards and prizes, which are normally presented by the county executive. Um, and then throughout the week after that, they'll participate in different activities, um, as well. So they really do get to experience what our other 4-H's experience. I love that. Thank you, Jane. I'm glad I asked you that because that's really, um, that's unique and it's relatively new. And I'm thrilled to hear that it's coming back and it's coming back strong after COVID, um, as it did to so many things, kind of shut things down. Um, Dana. From your perspective, listening to Jane talk about that Flourishing Farmers Program, I mean, what does that mean to you and, and to your office and to your knowledge of, of sort of why Think Differently and, and all of this movement towards acceptance started in the first place? It's it's just wonderful. Last year, having been in the ring with uh, with the teens, um, some were a group project, you know, they they grouped together with one of their animals. I think it was the llama last year and others had their own goat, you know, whatever, whatever animal it was they had. Um, it was wonderful. We do bring out uh, an accessible mat for those who utilize a wheelchair so Great. they can get over that sawdust in the barn um, and uh Jane also kind of te- teams up with Hidden Hollow uh, for the horse show that there's an all abilities one uh, that's all abilities because they do um, all abilities classes. And this year, uh, the fairgrounds actually got in touch with Steve Sturt over at uh, Donkey Park in West Park. And he has um, seven individuals doing a donkey show on Friday where they're going to showcase the work that they've been doing with the donkeys, walking them around. There might be a costume. I'm not sure if there's a costume. And Steve wanted it, but we're not sure. They might do an obstacle course. Uh, but it's about the handling and the companionship. Uh, and I'll plug the last thing that the fairgrounds did this year was they connected us uh, with Tony from Horticulture and Phantom Gardener. And uh, we have a Grow Differently uh, class in the recycled garden art that's great uh, project in the horticulture business uh building so that will be up all week uh thursday is the 4-h show uh the showcase thursday is also the uh think differently all abilities uh horse show and then friday is the donkey showcase um, yeah. We are running and we're there time. all week with the sensory suite. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, no, well, I just wanted to make sure that got out there too, that I think yeah. that you also have committed to having sensory spaces where people uh, at the fair can kind of have a, a space where they can go instead of having to leave the fair completely right. to just sort of decompress and have a little bit of a space where um, they, they might just get away a little bit from the crowds and then kind of mm-hmm. re 
just re-engage um, for so many people, myself included. Um, sometimes five minutes of a little quieter space can mean hours more of fun at the fair. Right. <laughs> um, we're, we're really low on time. I want to, uh, Andy, if you do, you, uh, is there a website that people can go to to, to get the schedule of events or uh, more information and ticketing and all of that? Yeah. Uh, fair website is duchessfair.com. The, the schedule is there. Uh, the times of, of everything are there. Pricing is there. Um, it'll give you all the information you need for the whole week. Great. Thank you all so much. I, From the perspective of, of Anderson, I'll just share two things. Our families appreciate what you're doing. Um most of their children live here at Anderson on our main campus, which is just south of Rhinebeck. And um, knowing that their children can come either with them as, as a family outing or uh, potentially with their team members here for a community outing from campus and have a good time and feel accepted and welcomed means a tremendous amount to all of the families. It also means a tremendous amount to our team members. Um, we work with you guys to help uh, thank our team members by offering them an opportunity to to get up to the fair as a way of Anderson saying thank you for for all the hard work that they do. Um, all of you working together and just hearing you all talk together about how you're, you're keeping this going and you're improving it and enhancing it and growing it um, is just really heartwarming for me to hear. So I makes me proud to to be a Dutchess County resident and to be a Rhinebeck resident and to know right on the other side of my backyard all of the great things that are happening during fair week so thank you all so much I wish you all the best I think it's going to be a super successful year and hopefully we'll see you out there thank you thank Bye. you thank you Dutchess County Fair coming soon this is one of 36 the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder I'm your host Eliza Bozenski and remember Anderson cares You've been listening to One in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.